You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. This is our 10th episode of season two for the episode Legacy. I am uh, one of your hosts. And uh, again, this week, uh, Matt could not make it. So I have filling in for Matt. We've got Tim Jirasi uh, from Star Wars The Saga Continues. And of course, uh, the guy who brings you all the news at uh, rebelspodcast.com. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Mike? Doing good. Good to be. I think this is my actually my first recap episode. Doing is it? Is. Yeah, I've done yeah. an episode with you guys before, but it's my first time actually doing a recap. So I'm excited. Yeah, I think you've done a couple of prologue episodes with us, maybe, but uh, uh, not uh, not a not a proper uh, recap. Yeah, uh, this will this will be fun. Um, so I uh, before we jump into that recap, let's uh, let's just talk some some news real quick. Um, Unexpectedly, <laughs> very <laughs> unexpectedly, Rebels is now on a break. Um, everybody expected there to be at least one more episode before the the mid season break, but uh, but it was announced basically via the uh, the the Rebels recon this week that uh, that that there would be a a brief pause in episodes uh, and uh, Rebels would return in January sometime. Um, which to me sounds like later in January, yeah. but uh, uh, in the meantime, you know we've we've got some pretty big stuff to talk about, <laughs> you know, <laughs> starting next week. So I think that we'll be fine, you know, between the Force Awakens and Christmas and New Year's and all that sort of thing. Uh, it's uh, it'll be fine. I don't think that anybody is particularly going to miss Rebels. I think that this will be the moment when a bunch of those other Rebels podcasts, um, they, when they disappear. <laughs> they don't They don't come back after the break because they're busy talking about The Force Awakens. And It'll become The Force Awakens podcast only. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, and, you know, and, and the comic books and the novels and stuff. For a little while there, there wasn't anything but Star Wars Rebels. Right. Um, yeah. Sort of in the lead up to Rebels, especially uh, after after Disney uh, acquired 
Lucasfilm, they they kind of everything went silent, right? Like there was there there were a few things finishing out, like say, uh, the Dark Horse comics were still happening because they still had to finish the comics that they had produced. But even at a certain point, those stopped, and then there was a break between that and the Marvel comics. Um, and, uh, and so there were no Star Wars comics for a little while. It, w- it took a little while for any of the books that were planning to come out to come out. Um, uh, in fact, I, I'm sure that some books were probably canceled. Uh, although nobody really talks about that cause I don't think anybody really cares that much, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it was interesting to watch. Um, I, cause back in the era when we were doing front lines, we were, basically the only one with a dedicated front line with a dedicated clone wars podcast Mm. at one point right back in 2008 when i started we definitely were the only one with a dedicated podcast i um the force cast was doing their roundtables right clone wars roundtables but i i other than that there was i don't know that there was really another dedicated podcast and then by the end of the Clone Wars, there was maybe a couple of other ones. But then when Rebels was announced, all of a sudden there was, you know, every every other Star Wars podcast now had a Star Wars Rebels podcast as well. <laughs> it was like, oh, market's a little bit flooded. But I know some of them have already dropped off. They've kind of just disappeared. And then uh, I expect after The Force Awakens. I expect it'll just be sort of us hardcore ones. It'll be us. It'll be the the uh, uh, Rebel Force Radio, declassified Star Wars Rebels declassified episodes that'll that'll be out there, and uh, and probably a couple other ones. You know, uh, uh, Rebels Report and like so all the others who are like dedicated. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. Especially if you start from the beginning and continue through this season, yeah. and with how it's going and what's expected to come. I would hope a lot of those podcasts was gotta still continue on, at least have the drive to do it because it's not like we're gonna get some great stuff coming up yeah. down yeah. the road. So I wanna see how you could stop now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah podcasting's a funny thing though, because it uh, it tends to, to just sort of follow the the um, popularity of things, right? And mm-hmm. like just sort of what's in the what's in the in in the middle of the conversation at the time. And uh, and at a certain point, rebels kind of has fallen to the wayside, um, and and I expect that uh, that that there will be very few people talking about Star Wars Rebels in depth, because um, you know, like once the Force Awakens is out, then uh, in January they start filming Episode Eight, uh, which means that we'll probably get a title reveal sometime soonish. Right, um, uh, probably within six months to maybe a year from then, maybe when when Rogue One is coming up. But I would imagine that they don't want to. They won't want to um, mess with the Rogue One marketing, right? Because because sure. like that's the other thing is that as soon as Rebel as uh, the Force Awakens happens. Rogue One is is next up, right? And, yep. and it's Rogue One, and then Episode Eight is actually it's not even the full year after that, right? It's it's only six months later. It's in May. <laughs> How great is that? Though? Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, uh, well, and the intent was that that would be in May, and then and then the um, the Josh Trank Star Wars movie would be 
in December of 2017, right? So we would have ended up with two Star Wars movies in one year. But that's not happening because, obviously, the Josh Trank thing fell apart. And uh, so we've got then Episode Nine, and then the Han Solo anthology. Um, so, like, that's gonna, that's a little bit further out. There there will be a bit more of a gap there than I think they expected, they anticipated. But... Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. So I I really feel that that people will be focused on those things. They'll be they'll be discussing those things. But all that said, um, I, I could be totally wrong. And uh, uh, the important part is that we will be here talking Star Wars Rebels until yes. there's no one left to listen to us. Uh, <laughs> That's that's just kind of the way that it goes, but uh, yeah, I, I mid season break, um, not really like I don't I don't even know if I feel like this is a mid season finale episode. Um, a bit happened, but but yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Like, it, how did you feel about about it being a mid season finale? I thought it was kind of had some similarities to the season one's mid season finale, which I believe was. Empire Day, is it yes. Empire Day yeah. or the part after that, like Gathering Force? I'm pretty sure it was Empire Day. I think it was Empire Day. Okay, just as in the fact that it kind of dealt a little more with Ezra's parents, that gave you hints in that one. Yeah. In this one, we kind of got some definitive answers. So in that way, I, it was similar. But I think Empire Day had more, I guess, mm-hmm. of a cliffhanger and like an action like oomph to it to kind of make yeah. it feel like a more epic season or mid-season finale than this one did. But I feel that this one was a good one in a different way, more an emotional impact, I would say, and then getting that definitive answer to what we find out about Ezra's parents. So maybe not so much on like the cliffhanger action front. It's the mid-season finale that I think you would probably expect from a show like this, but I thought it was yeah. still an effective one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I thought it was an okay episode, but um, but yeah, I, we'll, we'll get into, into all that in a minute. Uh, before we do, speaking of... Uh, the Force Awakens, which we were just a second ago, uh, a new Chinese trailer uh, dropped. And when I say Chinese trailer, it's a trailer for the Chinese market. Um, I, but, you know, the, the trailer itself is all in English, um, except for that intro at the beginning, which I found. Did you did you see the version of yes. it with the with the some I guess he's some like celebrity in China? Yeah, um, I think they're like they're like teen idol over there yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who does like this really weird awkward intro like i he's speaking <clears throat> um uh some other language uh mandarin cantonese one of those uh I, i'm not an expert so i wouldn't know but i uh, you can still tell that it's like very stilted and he's reading it off of cue cards sort of thing <laughs> um and then he does like his his like He's holding this lightsaber to the side the whole time, and then right at the end, he light he turns it on and and puts it up, and it's just like this was to me. This feels very unnecessary. This feels like something from like like uh, late nineties Disney Channel <laughs> yeah. sort of uh, sort of intro. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I was like, could you do us a favor, real quick? You're real popular right now. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. don't want people to see the Star Wars trailer. Can you just say it real quick and do a lightsaber pose it doesn't have to be great just do it yeah i thought i thought it was pretty funny but uh uh the new trailer actually had quite a bit of new footage um 
And we don't have to get into details because we don't obviously don't want to spoil too many people yeah. uh, if people are trying to avoid those spoilers. But I just thought that it was that it was cool that uh, even this close, where uh, as we're recording this on on Saturday morning, we're five days away from being able to see the movie. That's so crazy. <laughs> um, oh man! Every time every time I say these things out loud, I just have to like give myself a reality check that there's there's a new star wars movie coming out and like it's coming out in five days from this when people are listening to this when most people are listening to this it'll be like three or four days uh depending on if you're listening on patreon or you're listening uh, uh to when the episode is released uh to the 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 wide release let's call it um so yeah, like that's that's even closer. I mean, like I have I have Thursday and Friday booked off of work. Um, it's it's my Christmas, um, so I've got it's awesome. I have that that that'll be a four day weekend for me, and then go back to work on Monday, and then uh, Thursday because it's Christmas Eve will be a half day, and then Christmas Day is obviously a holiday. Saturday Sunday. And then uh, in Canada we have a thing called Boxing Day, and uh, and so we we also get the Monday off oh, nice. um, <laughs> because the Boxing Day is usually well it's not usually Boxing Day is the twenty sixth that's the day after Christmas, but because it falls on a Saturday it means that we then get the Monday off so ah. that's basically a five day weekend because like Christmas Eve nobody gets any work done <laughs> I, I, to anybody out there who who has ever I, I, you know been like reluctant to get a 9 to 5 office job let me tell you something about having a 9 to 5 office job and now obviously I'm graphic designer so it's a little bit more exciting than your average 9 to 5 office or well interesting then it's not really exciting but I, I people people think that you know like it's all dull and boring and whatnot but but here's the here's the secret uh, you, you get you get just like random days well not even random but just like days where uh, nobody else is in the office it's usually around holidays I like Thanksgiving is another one where like people will go away for the weekend mm-hmm. so like they leave early on Friday so the Friday before Thanksgiving we have Thanksgiving on a Monday in Canada I I the office is just empty and uh, and so you know you can kind of just chill <laughs> and so that's what that's what basically this whole next three weeks is for me until New Year's uh, it's just kind of like relaxing and actually getting work done without people walking into your office bothering you mm-hmm. um, um, which is awesome because it means that I'll have lots of time to just sort of sit back and think about the force awakens which I which I'm seeing four times in the first weekend how many times are you seeing it I'm probably only gonna see it twice in the first weekend I kind of have my weekend mapped out how I want it to go okay. <laughs> of course seeing it Thursday at seven o'clock. <clears throat> Yeah. And then Friday, I'm probably not going to see it again. I'm going to use that day to kind of reflect, take it all in, okay. <laughs> process everything I saw, and of course, do more Star Wars shopping with all the new books and the soundtrack that comes out that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Saturday morning, I'm going to see it again. And okay. then after that, it's pretty much just going to be like whoever wants to see it with me or <laughs> whenever I want to go see it again, which I'm sure it's going to be multiple times. But yeah. Yeah. for that weekend, definitely twice, maybe three but that's how it's going to go for me. But I'm right with you as far as just the excitement level right now, being it's so close. Like even last night, I think I probably stayed up 
or it took me longer to fall asleep than it normally does. I was just thinking about it. That man, this six or five more days are gonna be seeing a new Star Wars movie. You just get this excitement, like excited feeling in you, or yeah. just like you just gotta do something about it, or like watch something in Star Wars, read something about it, just yeah. to kind of keep you in check. But man, it's gonna be so so surreal in a way that we're so close now, going yeah. back three years when we got that announcement. And yeah. Just, days away now pretty soon it's just going to be hours as we make it to thursday we're waiting in line waiting to get into that theater it's gonna be crazy yeah i mean like i keep i keep forgetting that christmas is the next week because <laughs> it's like it's really irrelevant to me it's uh yeah i we've got we got the force awakens and then um i don't know the rest of life i guess yeah uh, but uh it, it, it doesn't really matter to me i'm like that's my christmas is a new star wars movie like that's uh that's uh much more important than uh than i don't know family and friends and <laughs> yeah. the holiday cheer and blah blah like that how does that not that those are bad things those are great things but they don't hold a candle to star wars right of course <laughs> i mean clearly you have your priorities set the right yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> i think most of our listeners will probably agree with that yes <clears throat> cool well i uh one last thing before we jump into the the recap um just wanted to remind everybody uh, if you're listening to this as it like when it's released it's not too late to to uh get in on our uh on our thunder quack podcast network holiday giveaway which I, I, it's really simple. All you got to do is be a Patreon supporter uh, at $1 a month or more uh, or up, uh, and you'll be entered into, into our contest to win. So here's the, here's the prize box. There's a $25 Amazon gift card. <clears throat> there is a, a digital copy of Jurassic Park. Uh, there is uh, a bundle of, of uh, digital Marvel Star Wars comics, uh, and, uh, and, and, and this is a secret. Don't tell anybody. But there's one more prize that we're going to add on Friday uh, during the live show. Um, so, you know, if, if you listen to any of the other podcasts, basically the ones that I'm not on, I, I, they're just telling you about those first three, but I'm here to tell you that there's a, there's a secret fourth prize that's going to get added into that prize box on Friday. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, Friday we're doing the, the Thunder Quack live round table discussion, uh, spoiler cast for the force awakens. So there are a bunch of things that release on Friday. Uh, uh, Tim may have even mentioned a couple of them. It's one of those things. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that it takes a genius to figure out what it probably is. But uh, but tune in. Tune in on Friday uh, to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Thunderquack Podcast Network, to, uh, to watch that roundtable. Um, you guys are all Star Wars fans, so, so I should hope that everybody listening to this has already seen The Force Awakens at that point. Um, and so you can stick around for, for the, the spoiler cast, but if for some reason you have not had the opportunity to see it yet and you are not at seven o'clock on Friday night, actively seeing the force awakens, then, uh, it's okay. We'll announce the winner right at the beginning of the, of the live show, uh, before we get into any spoilers. So you will not get spoiled, um, 
uh, at least not by us. I can't guarantee what the rest of the internet's going to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I'm so scared. Are you scared? Are you scared of the internet in this next week? Because I saw a, a picture this morning that uh, I think it was from Imager that a friend sent to me of somebody who works at, at a movie theater <clears throat> somewhere who, uh, like, they've got the the IMAX... I guess they, it comes in like a like a box. It's like a little like yeah, a digital. Yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah, and so like they've got the actual copy of the movie, and that scares the living daylights out of me. It's Saturday, and we have five days within which somebody somewhere can potentially crack that open, find out what happens, and tell everybody. Um, and ruin the movie for everyone. So I am, I am so scared that somebody that I'm gonna jump on Facebook to, you know, post an episode or, or uh, I, I'm doing like a series of uh, Force Awakens character drawings, character illustrations. So I'm like going on to post that, and I see just like Luke Skywalker is Kylo Ren confirmed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my god, that would be the worst. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that. But um, no, we don't have to worry about that at all. But it would yeah. be the worst. Would that not be like the worst storyline ever? Wouldn't that be like yeah. Khan from uh, I, Into Darkness all over again? It would be uh, like if we do our Force when we do our Force Awakens like recap shows and yeah. pretty much just be focusing on that. If that was the case, that would yeah. changes a tons of stuff that we know and love about Luke and the original trilogy. But yeah, I, I think we're safe on that one. But. Um, I know there are a lot of people who are going on like social media blackout yeah. already and start definitely starting next week. I'm not going to do that. I I know you, it's never safe. You can't trust anybody. But as far as like who I follow and stuff, and, like friends I have on Facebook, yeah. I'm pretty confident that those type of people won't spoil it. But then again, you never know with certain retweets and all that stuff that <laughs> might get out there. But I'm going to be a little more cautious than I normally am, but I'm not going to go full on blackout. And I kind of want to hear too, like, especially after the premiere and like press screenings are going to be happening a few days before, just kind of mm -hmm. not generally what the movie is or reviews, but just kind of general impressions of what people are thinking, like what the consensus of it is for those who got to see early screenings. Yeah. Just kind of want to get a feel for that, not necessarily what happened in the movie, but I am looking forward to that happening this week to kind of get a general idea of what uh, people are thinking of it before I see it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, some people, obviously some people have already started to see it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, select individuals have been shown the whole movie or parts of the movie. Um, obviously all the stars have already seen it. Um, the, the premiere is, uh, uh, Monday. Yep, this Monday. Yeah, it's Monday. The the red carpet premiere in Hollywood. So, um, there will be a lot of people seeing it at that. But but, you know, these are those are all Hollywood types. Um, and you know the the few lucky people who who've managed to win for Force for Change, um, which I guess they've probably announced everybody by now. I I should hope. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> It'd be like a real like rush trip if you have to make your way down yeah so i guess far. we didn't win um yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i uh, closed i don't know if they've they've I, i'm sure that they've they've contacted everybody who's won oh that's disappointing i hadn't thought about it and you know i was still holding out hope that i could win um 
but that's okay. Uh, it was for a good cause. They they can take my money. Um, but uh, yeah, with the with the exception of those few people. But the the other thing is that uh, it comes out early in the UK, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like a day before. I think it was France is where it came out. Like I think it's one the, day before the sixteenth or something like mm-hmm. that is when it is when it releases. Um, when people will be seeing it. So, uh, yeah, and then they're already a few hours ahead of North America, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of makes it almost like a day and a half. But um, hopefully, everybody's kind of cool about it, and nobody nobody gets out there and ruins it for everybody. Hopefully, I mean, I, I should think that I've got I have a my friends list is pretty solid. What I'm worried about is like the Star Wars pages and that sort of thing that i follow you know like mm. the the jedi news and the the i i star wars underworld and some of those sites i might have to actually unfollow them before uh before that that stuff starts to like sort of be released wide um and then uh and then follow them again afterwards yeah <laughs> refollow them uh, not unliking, just 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 unfollowing. So I'm hoping too, like if sites like that do post stuff. It's you know the heading would be something that doesn't necessarily Hopefully. give the major plot point away. Just kind of hints at like like a major spoiler here. Click if you want to find out, and not the, yeah. like if you were to find out, it would be your own fault by clicking it and all that. Not necessarily just by a headline or something like that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, cool. Well, I let's uh, let's do it. Let's jump into the recap now. All right, cool. Lord Vader, dispatch Inquisitors to hunt the rebels. We can't just run. Lock down the spaceport. We can't beat that blockade. The Red Blades, they took her. If only we had more allies. I know someone. My name is Rex. Me commanders Gregor and Wolf. We are fighting a bigger fight. There are questions. Questions that need answering. I'm not really a Jedi. Then be a pirate Jedi. The Empire put a bounty on you. You gonna try to collect? Skywalker's apprentice could lead us to other lost Jedi. I'm not afraid. That's what worries me. Okay, cool. Uh, so this week's episode is a Legacy. Uh, and here, I'll, I'll start it off. While asleep in the ghost, Ezra tosses and turns. Voices call to him in his sleep. They sound like his mother and father, and they lead him to a white Lothcat. It hisses, and he sees his parents, himself wielding a lightsaber, TIE fighters, and a mysterious figure. Suddenly, he awakens. Shaken by the vision, Ezra believes his parents are alive and he must find them. Kanan and Hera reveal that they've been working to find them. Sibo had some intel on Imperial prisons where they could be held, <clears throat> but there are more than a thousand. Meanwhile, Agent Callus confirms the Inquisitor's reports. The rebels are on Garel, using multiple spaceports to hide their fleet. The Imperial fleet deploys for Garel. So uh, this is obviously following right on the heels of, of last week's episode. Um... I don't know. Maybe I guess I guess the reason why this didn't feel like much of a mid-season finale, when you sort of think about what happened, it's kind of a big deal, right? I mean, we get mm. the huge reveal of 
Ezra's parents and, and their fate. Um, you get the the rebels being exposed on Gorel and uh, having to flee. But there was just something slightly off about the tension. It's like I'm not I don't really care that that one rebel ship ends up getting taken out. Like it didn't really matter. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. I, it's just uh, the the suspense and the tension really wasn't there. Um, I, but overall, I mean, it was a good episode. It just felt like there, there, you know, the story is just going to continue next week. But, uh, but obviously, this is supposed to tide us over for a little while. What, what did you think? You, you liked the episode in general? Yeah, I actually liked it a lot. I mean, I think they've been on a pretty good roll the last three episodes. Because uh-huh. when uh, the episode I was really looking forward to when we first saw the preview for it was Stealth Strike with Rex and Kane and, and yeah. trying to rescue Ezra. That was a great one. And then. I go, man, that's going to be kind of hard to top that one. And then with the, the episode next, with the future of the forest, we got an awesome fight with Ahsoka and the Inquisitors. I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I'm going to top that one. And then kind of what I said in the beginning, this one, I wouldn't necessarily say it topped those other two, but it, it was still continuing on. I think it's a good streak of another, for me anyway, a great episode. And mainly just on the emotional front from what we get with Ezra. I think this is definitely the best Ezra episode yeah. that we've gotten. And I thought... Taylor Gregg gave his best performance as Ezra in this one too. So I think it's a good way to cap off, I guess, the nice uh, three great episode run that they've mm-hmm. had so far, just mm-hmm. in a different way. So I was really intrigued with this one. I mean, anytime you get something that deals with the forest and forest visions and all yeah. that, you're automatically got me hooked <laughs> and already excited for it. And one thing that kind of made me think when I first saw it, how it opened up was Ezra's vision. Do you think it was like one of the more longer Force visions that we've seen in Star Wars? Because when you think back, I mean, as far as visually seeing, the only one we saw was in Revenge of the Sith with Anakin yeah. has his vision about Padme. But then we hear Luke have it on Dagobah. And then we got in Clone Wars when Ahsoka had her vision in the season three episode about, um, why am I blanking on her name on? <laughs> but, uh, the Bounty Hunter. No, Massage? Not Asajj, it's, man, Star Wars fans must be killing me right now, like, huh? <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> but anyway, the Ahsoka had her vision, and then Ezra's lasted a lot longer. He saw the Lothcat, he saw, like, the Imperial fleet, he saw his parents. It seemed to last a yeah. lot longer yeah. than other Force visions that we're used to. I don't know if you felt that way, but that kind of stood out to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I think because most of the time we're not actually privy to the, to the visions, right? Um mm-hmm it's uh, usually it's just like oh i sense something or that sort of thing um because yoda has has a couple of visions sort of in uh in in attack of the clones he he definitely sees anakin as he's slaughtering sand people yeah. and does absolutely nothing about it which is a scene that should be cut from the movie because it makes no sense because you know uh, yoda's supposed to be wise and should figure things out like this kid has problems um <laughs> but uh Regardless, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I see like the thing is that although Luke in Empire, he, it seems like it happens in a split second. Um, I think it's like, uh, like a dream. It can, it can only last, you know, a, a minute or two, but it can feel like, you know, a, mm-hmm. a day, you know, like you can yeah. have a dream sometimes where like the actual amount of time that you're dreaming is not very long, but the dream that you had is, is as you remember it is, is, is longer. Um, so I think that like his vision would have been very similar to, to what, 
um, Ezra sees here because he sees it for the same sort of reason, right? Yeah. He's he's connected to his parents, obviously, and he is shown a path uh, uh, by the Force um, towards you know uh, finding finding this uh, prisoner X ten, who we'll, we'll talk about in a second. Um, and and the reason why it's triggered is because his parents are killed, right? So. Um, like that's sort of the, the, the impetus of the whole thing. And, and for Luke, it's that Han is being tortured. Um, the thing that people don't, the thing that people don't quite connect sometimes in empire is that, I he's having a vision of the future. So there's a little bit of time travel involved. Mm. Han and Leia haven't made it to cloud city yet, or like have just arrived at cloud city. And I, I, I have to, I'd have to actually like rewatch it to, to remember exactly where that scene is in, in the timeline. But um, certainly like, like they've just gotten there and nothing bad has happened yet. They haven't even discovered that Boba Fett and Vader are there yet. And, uh, and Luke's already having this vision that they're in danger. Um, we know they're in danger because 3PO gets blown up by stormtroopers but uh but it's just sort of like ominous but han being tortured later on in the movie like another like 15 minutes later is reverberating back through the force to luke and he's he's picking up on that as a vision right so i've always kind of envisioned it that like he's 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 meditating because he's he's in the He's 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 doing the handstand, right? Yep. Like Yoda is sitting on his foot, um, and uh, and he he sees, you know, he sort of sees Bespin, and he sees Cloud City, and probably like the Falcon flying into Cloud City, so that he's like he's getting this context of like Han and Leia, and then he sees Han and Leia sort of like like you know uh, in their little their little uh, apartment in uh, in cloud city and that sort of thing and then and then he's hit with the the torture of of han solo and uh, uh which is exactly why why han why vader does that right yep. um as a kid i never got that i never understood like i just thought that vader was a jerk right that he was just <laughs> torturing han solo because he's a because in his eyes han solo is the bad guy um but then, you know, you get older and you realize when Han says he never even asked me any questions like that, they, they never even asked any questions uh, that the whole purpose was just the torture was just the pain and that Luke would feel that in the force because that's his friend. Um, so, yeah, I, that's a that's a that's one of my favorite moments in in the original trilogy is when you sort of put that together and you realize that Vader is using the force as a trap. Um, he's using Luke's ability to, to sense it as a trap. Um, and so, you know, like that, that is one of the reasons why I, I, Kanan, I think is always very cautious because, uh, the same reason why Yoda is cautious that, that, you know like that's one possible future um but you know like it 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 it, visions are hard to interpret and they're they're sort of fluid and you only get pieces so you don't like it happened to to ezra uh was that last season 
with uh, yeah, it was last season with uh, with um, the senator mm-hmm. yeah. who turned out to be working for the empire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that is a perfect example of like you see this vision and uh, and it's uh, it's leading you in the wrong direction. I mean, it was definitely beneficial for them in the long run, but it put put the the crew in a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, uh, of course the more like Kanan in this example being the more experienced Jedi, but even back in during the Clone Wars and all that, where they would probably even be more cautious when you're just a Padawan and just learning and you're having these visions too, where it's like, okay, you really got to be like, yeah. take it in and be sure what you're seeing because that if you're new to the force and you're just developing your abilities to know how to use it, it could probably just be all over the place as regards to force visions. And like you just had the example we saw from last season with Ezra how it was not, I want to say misinterpreted, but it didn't play out the way that he was going to. And, this one that he has here, it is, I, I will say too, that it was a little more, he was trying to find out what happened was, but it wasn't something that was like a big uh, twist and something different that happened than what he saw. He saw what he needed to see about his parents, but he just needed to get that information. It wasn't like something totally different that he saw and that ended up happening as he went along and started to see the vision unfold in front of him. So yeah. I think it's a little different in that aspect of the one we saw in season one, but still seeing the young Padawan trying to deal with force divisions and all that is something I always like seeing, but not only just the Padawan, but like how the master deals with it too. Cause usually a lot of times in Yoda being the exception, the master is always curious, like, oh, you had a force vision. Okay. Like, what did you see? Like they almost as as curious as the Padawan would be in that regard to try to find out what it means. Cause we do know that not every Jedi has there are Jedi more than others who are more prone to having force visions. It's not something that all of them have. So I yeah. always find that interesting too, to see how the other Jedis react. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, you can go ahead and continue. All right. And before I do that, I got to say it was Aura yeah. Singh who I couldn't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That would have bugged me the whole episode if I couldn't get that. <laughs> so, but back on the ghost, Kanan and Hera reveal a list of prisoners held at one time by the empire. Kanan teaches Ezra to reach out with the forest and maybe he'll learn something. Again, he sees visions, his parents, the mysterious figure, and the white lost cat. He commands Hera to stop scrolling through the list, and she lands on Prisoner X-10, who was arrested on Lothal for treason. He might be onto something, and Ezra decides he must return home to help his parents. Frantically, Ezra looks for his helmet so that he can leave. This is a sign. I'm supposed to go. Kanan enters, saying Ezra doesn't have to go alone. Hera says they're family, but the happy moment doesn't last. The Empire has arrived. Can't go now. We need a plan. The entire Imperial Sector fleet has the planet in a blockade. Um, not anymore. Been listening in on Imperial chatter. Wait, what's up on Lothal? The Empire's fleet left Lothal's orbit this morning. Left Lothal? Where to? Doesn't matter. Okay, this is a sign. I'm supposed to go. Where's my stupid helmet? I know you have to go, but that doesn't mean you have to go alone. We support you. We're family. Speaking of family, where are the delinquents? Back to Lothal. That sounds like a terrible idea. Besides, we haven't finished getting our supplies. You can finish later. Just get back here now. Not too fast, Zeb. We don't want to alert any Imperial patrols. Don't worry, not a bucket head inside. In fact, we haven't seen one all morning. Kind of strange, actually. It's not strange. 
issues. It's strategy. What are you talking about? The Empire always pulls back patrols before a major strike. Oh, no. Well, Ezra, if you want to go back to Lothal, now would be the time. Yeah, so I so the consequences of Ezra's actions from, from last episode, right? Um, I... I would really appreciate it if going into the second half of season two that this was a little bit more more normal. This mm-hmm. uh, this idea that that uh, each episode flows into the next one because we've had a couple of episodes this season that have been kind of like you could lift them out. I I I think Joe and I had talked last week even about the the Sabine episode could have been from season one. Yeah. I because it just really had nothing to do with anything. Um, and and I, I'd appreciate it if there's a little bit more of a continuing narrative going through the season, but uh, but I don't know. That's that's probably just me. I think most people are probably okay with the one-off episodes. Um, I would actually I wouldn't mind seeing more uh, two-parters and even like you said, have stuff carry on from previous episodes that we've seen. And I, don't know, I was just gonna ask you, do you are you missing at all like the story arc? Uh, way we got Clone Wars, where it was like three or four episodes that completed one story arc, or are you finding the more like episodic way that Rebels is airing, where it's just one standalone episode? I'm kind of in the middle where I, because when you see those Clone Wars arc episodes, it does make like you're watching a mini movie when you watch them all back to back on Blu ray or you now on Netflix, and it has like a movie quality feel when you watch that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, too, it is nice when you just get these one off stories and you're able to get. Uh, multiple stories <laughs> throughout a season than just maybe like four or five that you would get in Clone Wars when they're all put together as four three part episodes. So I don't know. I will say I would like you mentioned maybe a little more connective tissue throughout the course of the season and stuff we've seen before. And it looks like we're going to get that with this one because we did have the callback from the last one, like you mentioned. And then this uh, the episode that comes back once the break is over looks like it's definitely going to continue on from this episode too. So. We'll see maybe if the latter half of season two is more like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm kinda hoping, I'm holding out hope that, that the second half is definitely more um continuous. Mm-hmm. I, I that that we kind of get the whole the whole story sort of thing. Um but uh, I do I do miss the Clone Wars. And it's uh, it's four episode arcs, um, the sort of mini movie aspects of it. Um, definitely, the strongest parts of this series so far have been the two season openers, you know, um, mm. especially Siege of Lothal. Yeah, and I would appreciate it. I mean, I, I think I've said this before that that I would love it if there were less episodes, but that they were longer, <laughs> that they were that it was a one hour show, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it is half hour. It's, it is a cartoon. So it's generally for, for the kids. Uh, I, that's kind of how it skews definitely with the bright colors and everything. Um, and the, 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 the young kid as one of the main characters, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I would really love it if, if it was a little bit more, um, like the Clone Wars in that aspect, but, uh. But I know that I know that that's probably how how a lot of people feel because they miss the Clone Wars. They wish that the Clone Wars was still a thing. But uh, I don't know. They're, they're telling very different types of stories, much more personal stories with Rebels. So I like that aspect of it. 
Um, that's definitely a benefit that that we didn't get with the Clone Wars. The mm-hmm. Clone Wars was um, there were personal stories in there, but there was also a lot more of the uh, the ongoing conflict. The 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 war was raging, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but th- this is much more. Um, individual character stories is much more I, and that, that's the difference between the prequel era and the classic trilogy right the classic trilogy is about the characters the prequel is much more or the prequels are much more about the the galaxy yeah as a whole and then there are these individual character stories within but um yeah i i, I don't know i i i just kind of wish that it was a, that there was a little bit more continuity from one episode to to the next um, here I, I will uh, uh, here where are we we're so right yeah, after the clip right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a squad of troopers enter the hangar ready for battle they pin Kanan Ezra Chopper and Zeb this delay just angers Ezra we don't have all day he says and runs toward the enemy it affects blaster shots with ease and force pushes Callus violently against a wall the battle is won momentarily the inquisitors stand ready for the Padawan Ezra grits his teeth and charges, despite Kanan's protests. Just before the lightsabers could clash, Kanan blasts the blast door controls to stop his apprentice. They'll take the long way around and get back to the ghost. Um, this is this is definitely foreshadowing uh, Ezra's path um, later on in the season, uh, as, as Dave Filoni has been sort of hinting. Um yeah, did you get a little Anakin vibe in there? A yeah, bit? <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, Ezra, Ezra is definitely uh, he's he's definitely on a dangerous path, um, and this this stuff with his parents is only going to make that worse. I think, but uh, uh, it's it's very dangerous. Kanan needs to keep an eye on this behavior. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, too, how normally in season one, especially in the Gathering Forces episodes where he gets all those creatures, that big one under his control, that really kind of freaked Kanan out. I was like, okay, I got to get this boy like under control as far as his force abilities and his powers that he has It's with the dark side that he was able to tap into. Now, with this one example here where he charges at Callus and he takes him out, I wouldn't say it was like he was channeling the dark side or anything. He was just being more aggressive than probably he should be. But yeah. Kanan's reaction was kind of like, well, like he did good. Like I, he was tells up. I'm the one who te- taught him. He doesn't seem overly concerned about his aggressiveness here. I mean, he w- he did scream at him and tell him not to go, but after it was all over, he was kind of more proud of him than concerned, which I thought was a little different from like the bad example we saw him react to Ezra's outburst like that. Yeah, I th- I think Kanan needs to sort of check his uh his pride in this situation because mm-hmm. I think that he is a little bit he is a little bit too proud of, of, of Ezra and it's like, you should stop being so proud and start addressing some of the issues. Um, and maybe, maybe, I, I, Ahsoka will start to address that with him once she finally discovers the truth about Vader. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, because she's still in the process of trying to figure that out. And I think that when she does, she's going to be like, Oh, the dark side's a real dangerous thing. Uh, Anakin is, is, you know, was was seduced by it. So you have to be more careful with your Padawan because he's clearly going down the same path. Yeah, because she's the best one to know. She's seen examples of Anakin doing that during the Clone Wars of 
being more aggressive than he should be. Exactly. And then if she sees it in Ezra, and then, like you said, finds out that Vader is Anakin, just got to like, okay, we really got to keep an eye on him. Or maybe, I want to say she'll take over as his master, but just be more involved with his training with Kanan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do that. Like they, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is kind of what we want to see. <laughs> it's what most <laughs> people want, is a little bit of drama there. So, um, as much as as I would hope that that Ahsoka can step in and and uh, take care of some of this poor training that that Ezra is getting, at the same time, um, we kind of want to see what happens with him, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought it was good too. How I mean, the Inquisitors didn't have a big role in this episode, but um, this moment here where like that was going to tease you, even the clip that was released before the episode, we saw. Ezra take out the stormtroopers and Callus, but then you see yeah. the Inquisitors come and it's like, okay, it's like we're getting another fight. But I was as cool as it would have been to see another lightsaber fight because I mean, who's going to complain about that? But in this example, I thought it worked good because we just had one in the last episode where the two Inquisitors took out Kanan and Ezra, and Ahsoka had to save them. And yeah. I doubt they would have done much better in this situation that they were in. And you kind of don't, at least for me anyway, for the Inquisitors. They've had about, we've seen them in three episodes now, and two of them, they didn't succeed in their mission, and I guess technically they didn't hear, but they weren't out in the forefront, and the, they didn't have a hand in the fight, so yeah, maybe they probably would have completed their mission and stopped them if they did it in that fight, but I was glad that they were not overusing them in lightsaber fights and having them lose all the time, so for the effect of this episode, it worked out good where Kanan just you know shut the door and have them escape, but it was still cool to have them there as a presence to really... I got the ante knowing, okay, we got to get out of this spaceport now. So even though it was a smaller role for them, I liked how the fifth brother and the seventh sister were used here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You can go ahead and continue. All right. On the Rebel command ship, Sato and Rex ready the evacuation. Hera gives the order, and they follow her lead into the stratosphere. Admiral Constantine is waiting and dispatches Tice to combat the Rebels. He orders his men to target the command ship with the tractor beam. During the fray, Kanan and Ezra take the Phantom, fighting off the enemy. Hera commands that they head to Lothal. She'll stay with the fleet. It may be too late, however. Admiral Constantine's Star Destroyer has the command ship in its clutches. But thanks to an idea from Sabine, it's not too late. The Ghost closes in on the Star Destroyer and rams its tractor beam. The command ship is free, and the fleet makes the jump to light speed. Escaping. This is attacking. I'm open to suggestions. Oh, I've got an idea, but it means getting close to that Star Destroyer. We can use the torpedoes to take out the tractor beam. Wait, can we do that? We're gonna find out. Sir, a second rebel ship is attacking our flank. Let the fighters deal with it. Keep your focus on capturing the command ship. Leader, I gave you a direct order to retreat. Just be ready to hit your thrusters. Almost got it. Almost got it. Oh, don't got it. Don't got it. I'll get it. What are you doing? What are you doing?
we stay with the fleet. Admiral, Agent Callus would like to know the enemy's position. So yeah, so I, I, there's, there's a sort of, I guess like a, like a bit of space battle type action in here. Mm. Um, there's some really cool shots with the TIE fighters. Yeah. Um, that one where the two TIE fighters kind of loop around. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, it was new, but it felt very classic trilogy to me. Um, especially like very A New Hope. Um, I, and I think a lot of that's just in the way that they make them move and that sort of thing. The, the pacing of, of mm. these these fights. Um, but I, I, how many Star Destroyers? <laughs> and only one of them has tractor beams that work, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Um, they kind of just it's it is what the what the story needs it to be. Um, I find it really interesting how often they go back to Star Destroyers entering atmosphere. Um, Cause I always felt <laughs> back in the, back in the day. And I think that some uh, uh, expanded universe would support this, that Star Destroyers don't do well in atmosphere, <laughs> but I, uh, but apparently according to this, that's not such a problem. Um, now, like, I mean, the uh, destroyers from the Clone Wars, especially like those those first few before they were even called Star Destroyers, um, uh, the the I think it was the Acclimator ones, the Acclimator class ones uh, from Episode two, from the end of Episode two, mm-hmm. much, much smaller ships than an Imperial Star Destroyer, yeah. right? So that's where I kind of go like, uh, but then I, on the other hand, like the people go to great lengths to say like, oh, but there are multiple sizes of Star Destroyers. There's Victory Class and there's blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, okay, I guess that's, I guess I'll let it go. But uh, I, I, dropping, you know, I, how many, I'd never really counted. I think there was at least three. Um, if not like four or five star destroyers against you know the the few rebel ships uh, and and of the ones that we saw there's really the only o- only one that's an actual like sort of combat ship and that's the command ship mm, yeah. right the rest of them looked more like just like transports one of them even looked like the transport from the previous episode um, just with a different paint deco uh, uh, which is you know that's a that's a the computer animation i i oh it's an old trick um it's it's kind of like in old like 2d animation i when they would use like an old scooby-doo cartoon where where they'd be running down a hallway but the hallway was just the same yeah (laughs) four feet over and over and over again it's like didn't they already pass that door um these people sure have a lot of the same painting (laughs) i i what makes it a haunted house um but i i yeah it, it's it i that always bugs me a little bit when it was like we just saw that that from last episode it's like in season one of clone wars when we saw those i uh, you remember the big the big like manta things the big mm-hmm. space mantas yeah from the first uh not from ambush but then there was the malevolence story in the second episode yeah um uh hunt for malevolence i think uh, uh, 
the, then those creatures were used like five times throughout the season in different contexts. And it's like, but that's the same, it's the same animal. <laughs> like it's, it, you just made it smaller and now it's just sitting on the ground. And yeah, it's like slightly different colors. Um, yeah, that always, that's always bugged me. But like for season one of a show, I kind of understand it. In season two, it's like, you guys have a lot of ships to choose from a lot of assets. But, uh, but it is what it is. I pretty crazy plan to smash the ship into part of the the tractor beam. But uh, but I guess it works. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised. I was just expecting you know standard Sabine has a plan and they're gonna get close, knock it out, and basing off what we've seen yeah. from Tie Fighters before, <laughs> I wasn't expecting them to actually make a good hit on the ghost and knock it off its course a little bit. But I thought it was pretty cool. That made you think for a little bit, oh, are they, for at least for me anyway, oh, they're actually not going to be able to free them? Or are they going to yeah. get captured? And maybe they'll have to go back and free them once, like, in the next episode, once Ezra deals with his parents. So I thought that could have been a cool outcome. But you know, yeah, it's just showing again how what a good pilot Hera is and was able to knock it out just by ramming into it. Yeah, without damaging their ship too much. Yeah, <laughs> too much. Yeah. But another thing I liked about the sequence too, and you alluded to it earlier, where just how it was shot, there was some great views of like seeing the action from inside the cockpit where you're looking over the pilot's like shoulder. There was one in the ghost that looked really cool. You got one um, from the TIE fighters, and I think from uh, the Phoenix uh, transport also that we saw that. It just looked yeah. really cool. There was about three shots that were from that point of view. I thought it was something different, like how it wasn't in space and it was in atmosphere and we got those view of the action from the cockpit was something I thought worked well and unique for this episode. I made it stand out. So when you put this together with the Ezra, Kanan and Zeb shootout with the stormtroopers, I thought it made for a pretty cool action sequence that you expect to be in the end, but it was in the middle of the episode that was set up the more emotional beats later on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I it, it, there there is actually quite a bit of a, uh, action in this episode, but I guess kind of like Empire, it's all front loaded, right? Yeah, it's exactly. it's all right there at the beginning, um, and then I, and then we return to Lothal. Um, uh, speaking of which, we'll get into that. Uh, Ezra and Kanan arrive at Lothal. The Padawan is thankful for his master's help. You're always there when I need you most, he says. Kanan says he knows what it's like to lose someone close. Uh, he didn't want Ezra to be alone, regardless of how this turns out. While Ezra finds his old home has been burned by the Empire, he s soon spots the Lothcat from his visions. It leads him on a chase through the city streets, but Ezra manages to plant a tracker on the creature. Ezra and Kanan follow the signal to the Loth Lothal outskirts, where they come under blaster fire from an unseen attacker. Ezra knows it's the man they're looking for, Prisoner X-10. Ezra reveals his name and says he believes that the former prisoner knows his parents, Ephraim and Mira Bridger. The blaster fire stops. The man is Ryder Azadi, and he did know it, uh, Ezra's parents. Um, so, uh, the return of Clancy Brown. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought this was interesting. I, I, Clancy Brown obviously voiced Asajj, uh, sorry, Savage Opress in uh in in the clone wars um darth maul's brother and uh, i was great in that role but uh here he is again 
as as a rider as Adi. Uh, but I think that the most interesting part of this is that this might be one of the first times that that Clancy Brown has had the opportunity to voice act a character that actually looks quite a bit like Clancy Brown. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, um, you can tell that that the character, his face, is very much designed after after. And you know, I, I'll say the whole his whole his whole. Uh, design is is based very much after Clancy Brown, who's a very big, um, uh, uh, sort of barrel chested guy. So I uh, uh, yeah I know I, I really like this character design. Um, it it's uh, it, it pulls from some old uh, Ralph McQuarrie concept art. Um, uh, I believe it's of a rebel rebel troop, but I I, I don't know, maybe look at my action figures and see. Uh, no, I don't. That's the one that I'm missing. Um, they did a series of Ralph McQuarrie concept art action figures years ago, and uh, uh, one of them was a was a Rebel Trooper. And I think that this is like because the helmet is very Rebel Trooper esque, but kind just slightly different. Um, because uh, it's more like fanned out sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I th- this I uh, this this character prisoner x10 i think is going to be very important for ezra's continuing story obviously the, his only connection his only remaining connection to his parents um but uh before we talk too much about Ryder, because we'll talk about him in a second um after the the next uh, uh, little chunk i going back to sort of the beginning of this part i kanan's attitude towards Ezra's need to discover, you know, the truth about his parents. Um, I think it's very interesting because Kanan was raised in the temple, uh, by the Jedi order. So I'm, but only until he was a, a, a very early teenager. Um, obviously he holds a bit of resentment for the fact that that you know he he doesn't know his parents and and he he feels that he'll never he'll never get that chance um it makes me wonder if there's backstory there if uh if after you know like after the order 66 at some point he tried to track down his family uh-huh. his actual family and discovered you know that the empire had done something or other um that is interesting that you bring that up because yeah he does mention that to him where he says i never knew my family and then i was when i watched it i was kind of distributing you know he's helping ezra out because yeah. they said in the beginning of the episode the crew of the ghosts are like family and plus two he says to ezra, he knows what it's like to lose someone when he lost his master with order 66 but yeah now that you mentioned that maybe he's doing this because there is something that he, he resents about not knowing his family or something that he discovered about them after yeah. Order 66 and all, that would be an interesting, like, twist to it as far as the reason, as far as why he's helping Ezra with this uh, try to lo- locate his parents. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I kind of want to see that maybe explored a little bit in the Kanan comic. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's, a, that's definitely a direction that they could go in the comics in telling his backstory. Um, yeah, I don't know, there was just, uh, the, the i maybe i'm just reading too much into it but but he sort he says to him it like that's a it's a chance i'll never have 
Yeah. And that was the part that sort of stuck out to me where I was like, well, if your family is out there somewhere, like now you can travel the galaxy and do whatever. Like you don't have to follow the tenets of the Jedi Order. The Jedi Order is extinct, right? Um, It's been destroyed. So you can do whatever you want. And that's where... That's sort of where I find all of this very interesting is that as uh, Kanan, uh, he very much respects the teachings of the, the Jedi Order, but um, maybe doesn't quite follow their their rules and regulations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I. And it's a this is a this is a consistent piece of his character, whether it's uh, in in Star Wars Rebels or uh, Kane in the Last Padawan or uh, A New Dawn, because because the the book A New Dawn actually starts with Caleb Doom, uh, Kanan's uh, real name, uh, in the Jedi Temple, and and it's a whole scene where uh it's right at the beginning of the book where they're they're talking about the the beacon the the um the the return home beacon for you know like if there's ever a you know some sort of an emergency and all of the jedi need to be recalled to the jedi temple uh here's this beacon which obviously you know the emperor uses against them in Revenge of the Sith and Obi-Wan and, and Yoda have to sneak in and change the message. Um, they imply in A New Dawn that the reason why Obi-Wan comes up with that, uh, like like why why they decide to go do that, is because Kanan suggested it. Like he, so they're, they're, they're being taught about the beacon and Kanan questions it uh, and says, yeah, but but what if what if it was used as a trap sort of thing and uh and that's that's kind of always been his character because then he uh in the in in kane and the last padawan and in, in the most recent storyline he uh he kind of kind of questions the process of 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 uh of you know getting a master mm-hmm. becoming a padawan and uh and he's like he's just they show him a lot in the jedi temple questioning the the order questioning why well why do we do it that way and then like having to justify and go like i'm not saying that we shouldn't i'm just asking why and and it's one of those things he's like one of those kids in school that that when the teacher says you know well, this is the way that it is and then they go well why and the teacher has no explanation oh and God. just because that's the rules um he doesn't he doesn't like that so i think that that this is a consistent part of his character that he he needs he needs a better explanation than just because that's the way it is um and so as such as a as a Jedi himself, uh, now with a Padawan, the way that he teaches is very different. It's very much you know this is these are the aspects of the Force. These are these are the ideals of the Jedi. But the the rules and stuff aren't really that important. But we're also seeing, as we've been talking about in this episode, uh, that that sort of loose interpretation is fine for a Jedi Knight, but it's not 
very good for a Padawan. The the Padawan needs structure. The Padawan needs rules, right? Yeah, especially um, for one that's like Ezra, and we always hear Yoda talk about it too. Well, who doesn't want to train <laughs> Luke that he's too old, Anakin yeah. that he's too old. Ezra is in the same boat too, and he has those attachments. As we're obviously seeing with his parents, so like another exactly. added to Kanan's uh, struggles in training him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, here you can go ahead and continue. Right. Ryder is the former governor of Lothal, tried for treason when he stood against the Empire with Ezra's parents, and he knows what happens to them. They're dead, aren't they? Ezra asks. I'm sorry, son, they are. But Ryder says that Ezra's broadcast reached his parents, even in prison, and inspired them to lead an escape. They sacrificed themselves to make sure others got out. Ezra understands their sacrifice, but still cries at this new reality. And yeah, I gotta say, this was one of the standout moments of yeah. the episode. I mean, I've said at the beginning, this is one of Taylor Gray's like, best performance as Ezra, and he showed it right here. This yeah. is how it started off where he's questioning Ryder about what happens to his parents. And then it's, you slowly see the emotion build into him. As you see his voice start to crack a little bit. You see yeah. his eyes getting watery. And then he just, when he breaks down and just like, Kanan starts to comfort him too. It's just such a great moment. As we're talking about their relationship before with Kanan training him, it's kind of the struggles he may have with Ezra's, but showing that, you know, the bond that they no doubt have here is just going to cement their master-apprentice relationship even further in this moment right here. Yeah. So I think this is a really standout moment to, for both characters. And, and acting-wise, too, Taylor Gray knocked it out of the park. So this was a great uh, moment in the episode for me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. I mean, like I I uh, I got a little misty eyed. Um, sure, yeah. Because <laughs> it was it was definitely um, the culmination of of this two season, well, season and a half long story of Ezra and his parents, and especially because we were given such hope that mm-hmm. his parents were still out there to discover that that uh, that hope is lost, right? Um, this is the sort of thing that starts someone down a dark path. <laughs> this is uh, uh, what started Anakin on it. It was his uh, his his mother and his inability to protect her, to stop her from being hurt, and uh, and that's what what causes his lust for power. Right? He, he he says it in in Attack of the Clones. He he should be more powerful. He uh, but he's not the Jedi that he should be. Right, he's he's supposed to have more control over his emotions. He's not supposed to be so angry, and then that's his. That's sort of you can you can hear it in his voice. His his um, desire to be a more powerful Jedi because if he's a more powerful Jedi, he can control these things. Mm-hmm. He can control himself, which is, uh, it's a this is sort of like an old, uh, I I I. I Taoist uh, principle, sort of like a, a, a Buddhist idea, that uh, that the harder he tries to control himself, the less control he has, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's actually very similar to to what uh, uh, Leia says to Tarkin, which is you know the 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 more you tighten your grip, the more star systems will s- slip through your fingers. It's that same sort of principle of of I uh, I the like the harder you try the more difficult it becomes because you need to not try you know I <laughs> this is all like you can you can see how these things all tie in to 
uh, uh, one another, and uh, and and as much flack as George Lucas gets given for the prequels, um, or for uh, uh, flimsy storytelling by some people, um, I think the guy's a complete genius because, like that, you know, uh, everything that I just said is some it gets summed up in in what Yoda says, which is do or do not. There is no try, yeah. right? <laughs> Exactly. Like it all ties together, and and I know like Dave Filoni, he follows that same storytelling method. He 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 learned directly from George how to do this. So, um, placing Ezra in this position is no coincidence. Uh, uh, as Obi Wan says, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck, and coincidence <laughs> is just another word for luck. So, I this is very, very much intentional, um, th- as well as bringing in Rex and having Rex influence Ezra um, has made Ezra somewhat more violent because uh, Rex is uh, uh, obviously like a Re- Rex was influenced. His personality came out of working with three Jedi with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka Tano and Anakin Skywalker and most closely with Anakin. So I Rex's inclination is to shoot first and ask questions later, right? Like that's sort of his deal. If you want somebody who's a little bit more measured, that was Cody because Cody was Obi-Wan's guy. Um, but I, I, these influences are starting to be seen in Ezra's behavior, as well as, you know, as we've talked about with Kanan and his inexperience, his inability to correct uh, uh, Ezra when, when Ezra is on the, the improper path. Um, it, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see how Ahsoka responds to this if she does start to notice. But, uh, but I don't think that she will. I think that she's busy... She's busy dealing with with uh, uh, Vader, right? And with that whole aspect. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, this, this is bad news. This is this, this emotional moment, although, you know, Kanan is there for him and everything's, you know, uh, 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 going to be okay and that sort of thing. I at the same time that this is going to leave a mark on Ezra, that's going to make it very difficult for him to, to walk the path of the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking too, as you know, we found out that writer said his parents heard Ezra's uh, speech from season one on Hothal. Yeah. I kind of thought too, where, what if it has a little different, uh, if he has a different reaction to that, where, he feels more regret where like, oh, I should have never had made that speech. My parents got killed because of it. What if oh, yeah. more people, like, what if the more people we try to like help and save and we speak out against the empire, it'll hurt more than we help. So I kind of think, what if he questions what him and the other crew, the ghost and Phoenix squadron are doing now? What if he starts to question like, Oh, maybe are we doing more harm than good? So I wonder if that's going to play into it. Or again, what you were saying, how he could maybe have, quest for more power because to not let to be stronger to not let that happen again to other people or be stronger to help people if they are to go out and still speak out against the empire so a few different i guess ways 
uh, Ezra can go about and move forward from this instance with his parents. So definitely going to be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, later that evening, the Padawan sits alone in the twilight of Lothal's two moons. Suddenly he's transported. Lothal is bright, sunny, beautiful. His parents stand with him. Remember Ezra, his mother says, without hope, we have nothing. They disappear. Ezra is then joined by Kanan, who informs him that the Jedi teach that life does not cease after death, but merely changes form in the Force. His parents will always be alive within him. It's beautiful, isn't it, son? Yeah, so peaceful. That is all going to change when the Empire arrives. But I don't want things to change. They already have, Ezra. You have made us so proud. You are going to need to stay strong. Can you do that, son? Yes, I can. Remember, Ezra. Without hope, we have nothing. Moons are setting. They were right here. I, I can't explain how. The Jedi teach that life doesn't cease at death, but merely changes form in the Force. Your parents are alive inside you, Ezra. They will be. Always. So yeah, this is kind of this is a little bit of what we've been talking about, but um, hopefully. Hopefully the message that his parents sort of leave him, their their parting message through the Force, uh, can can be the thing that Ezra can hold on to, or at least once. I mean, here's the thing. We know he's going to turn. We know, and not necessarily turn, but we know that he's going to start down that path. Um, hopefully this message from his parents is what can bring him back. Um, and, uh, and, and, and hopefully Kanan can can help him recognize that um because kanan actually the thing that i find the most interesting about kanan's character is that after everything that he has to deal with with order 66 and being hunted by by the empire and uh i i mean if you read the kanan the last padawan comics um he has a rough go of it immediately following order 66 yes he does his life's not exactly easy um and uh, and if you read a new dawn and you sort of hear the i uh, uh, sort of read between the lines and hear his a bit of his past you'll see that like he's he going from place to place never really settling never really being a part of anything um it'd be very easy to get lost it'd be very easy to become you know i i a darker person um and and to fall to to sort of those more um i i uh, i don't know how to say this i guess like those dark side tendencies mm-hmm. um and yet kanan doesn't he always manages to remain a jedi i uh, he he's he's just kind of Man, he's kind of just that perfect melding of Han Solo and Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think that's probably why I like his character so much. Is that, like, he has that roguish quality that 
that Han has, but he is completely stable, just like Obi-Wan. Yeah. Right? Like, even even in the midst of everything that happens in Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan keeps a fairly level head. The only time that I think he really ever loses it in... in I, I guess there's twice in, in the prequels where he loses it. One is when Qui-Gon is killed and he, he kills Darth Maul. Um, or at least he thinks he kills Darth Maul. Um, <laughs> and then the other being when when uh, he thinks he has killed Anakin, right? Yeah. Um, and he has to leave him for dead. He he breaks down and his emotion shows through. But, but very seldom does that happen, even in the midst of, you know, uh, being betrayed by the Republic, I, I discovering not to, that... Not to all, mention what he went through in the Clone Wars, too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, ass. God, you know, I... If he's allowed to break down at any point, it's when uh, Satine is killed. Right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't. He keeps fighting. Um, yeah. Oh, man, you, you just, when you said that, I, I, I wasn't even thinking on that level. I wasn't thinking of the Clone Wars stuff. But I'm, whenever, whenever I think about that and I think about his arc over the course of the Clone Wars, which I think he's really, he, he's one of the only characters who really gets an arc. It's like him, Ahsoka and Anakin have arcs. Um, and that story in the clone wars is the only thing that gives Obi-Wan an arc through the prequels. Otherwise he's a very static character. I mean, he go yes, he goes from Padawan to Knight to master, but that's a normal progression for him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really change as a person that much. Um, but then when you add in all that stuff with Satine, all of a sudden, his attitudes in in Revenge of the Sith are very different. Uh, it definitely, and then especially when you see him in in A New Hope, yeah, <laughs> when he talks about the Clone Wars, and it's just like there's so much more weight to what he says. Oh man, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I I've, I always feel like Kanan is very much on that same Jedi path as Obi Wan. He's very similar. I uh, if only he just like stopped doubting himself he would realize that, but, um, cause another one of the things that they imply that is that he looks up to Obi-Wan very much. Uh, and that, that's very implied in, uh, in, in a new dawn and Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan is, is a fan of his, uh, cause he, he likes the way that, that he questions things. He doesn't just take it for, for what it is. Um, because that's very much what Qui-Gon did. Um, I guess actually there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarity there as well, right? He's, he's, he has a lot of things in common with Qui-Gon, which makes sense. Um, let's say uh, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, it, you kind of see hints of what kind of Jedi he would have been had order 66 not happened. Right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, who knows? You see, like you mentioned Qui-Gon, maybe, well, who knows if we'll ever get a story of like Qui-Gon's earlier, like Padawan days under count dooku and all that yeah. like maybe this is a little insight <laughs> like maybe how qui-gon could have been as a young padawan and even as a young jedi too yeah because i do agree yeah this has those similarities where qui-gon questioned a lot what the jedi council did too so yeah it is yeah. a good comparison yeah for sure um cool I uh, yeah so i the one last thing i wanted to note was that lothal uh capital city on lothal looked much much nicer before the empire show oh yes it did <laughs> and they definitely uh in season one early on in the season they went to great lengths to show us that the empire 
like just through visuals and it was never really explained but it's just kind of there and you got to kind of you got to kind of look past the story and just look at what's going on in the city um you can kind of see that the empire is kind of like an infection right like mm-hmm. it, the lothal once looked like that like that's what what ezra is seeing there is is what the the city used to be and the empire has slowly taken over that and just turned it from that beautiful, bright, white, gleaming city to, um, at the beginning of season one, it was sort of split in half. And then when they, when they leave Lothal at the end of season two, because the empire has arrived, or I guess that's at the beginning of season one or see, uh, sorry, season, season two, two. Yeah. Uh, at the end of season one, beginning of season two, sort of in that area, Lothal and capital city have become like sort of this gray dingy place right um and this is sort of that brief reminder of what it used to be and uh, uh that's a uh, it it's it's just i think it's really important in showing that as the as the empire thinks it's bringing order it's also sort of destroying beauty and creativity and art and that sort of thing which is yeah. uh, which is is what evil does um <clears throat> But uh, but that's uh, that's basically it for for uh, legacy. Any final thoughts on the episode? Yeah, and just in regards to the ending sequence, real quick, I really love the music that was played when Ezra is having the uh, dream with his parents, where they talk to him. We see yeah. how uh, Lothal used to look. I thought it was it stood out. Something that's unique for the show because I mean, as much as we love hearing uh, classic Star Wars themes, I mean, it's always nice to hear new ones, like specifically for like new characters and stuff. So that, like, it was a soothing chorus theme that was playing up to this moment. It reminded me of something that maybe you hear from like the Legend of Zelda soundtrack or something. But yeah, yeah. It fit really nicely with it. So that was good. So the nice way to cap off, I thought, an emotional episode. So I thought Kevin Kiner kind of stepped up his game a little more on this one, too, as far as using like newer themes and music cues for this episode so i thought that was really good but overall yeah i really enjoyed this episode a lot and might not have like that cliffhanger shocker feel to uh, most mid-season finales are having nowadays but i thought it was definitely a turning point for Edge's character and one that i think we're going to remember kind of how we saw ahsoka grow into a character and like i think season three was kind of more her turning point and i think we're going to look back on this episode as as far as ezra coming becoming a different character than what we saw in season one and start his growth and his maturity as yeah. not just a Jedi, but just as a person too. So I think we're going to look back at this episode and in particular this moment at the end where it all started to change. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, I, I don't really have anything for the next episode uh, because we don't have a next episode, but we do have a little sort of preview of season two of the second half of season two. So I, I, with uh, Dave Filoni, Pablo Hidalgo and the rest of the cast, uh, commenting on, on the, the second half of season two, um, from rebels recon. So we'll leave you guys with that right now. So this is the final episode before the break. Can you give us any hints about what to expect in the second half of season two? Big things, man, huge things. <laughs> Directly after the break is an episode that no Star Wars fan will want to miss. Our 
role in the rebellion has changed and has grown. And so now there are new players involved. Now we're getting to really expand our horizons and take on bigger challenges. I think it's really interesting to get to find out more about each of the characters. So backstory continues to be exposed in the second half of the season. We get more into Sabine's Mandalorian history. We get to see some Mandalorians and how they exist in the time of the Empire. We find out more about Zeb and what his existence is like to be the last of the Lasat, or so he thinks. We get to meet Hera's father, Cham, and we, we find out what happened to Ryloth after the Clone Wars and what his state of being is. I'm loving the introduction of uh, these characters from Clone Wars, too. I really want to see the interaction between them. I've seen it in the scripts, but I really can't wait to see how it all fleshes out. I'm a fan. I, I'm like everybody else. I just I want to see all of it. The Rebels characters take a massive leap forward as far as who they are, and they get really shaken up by the end of this season. It's pretty clear what the season's going to come down to this year. You know, people want a certain confrontation to happen. I don't think you can go a whole season without that confrontation happening. It's just cruel. But yeah, it's everything you hoped and everything you feared. It's the very nature of being a Jedi and running the dark side. Cool. So it looks like there's some interesting stuff coming in the second half of season two. We know for sure that uh, 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 Ahsoka and Vader are going to have a confrontation. Yeah. That is, um, you don't have to infer too much about what, what Dave Filoni is saying to to get that sense. Yeah, he should, he should really just almost come out and say it now. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. so, so much you can hide it. Yeah, um, but uh, we've got that coming. And uh, I, we've got, obviously, uh, Ezra and his, uh, his fate uh, uh, coming as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what turns the second half of the season take, but, yeah, uh, it's, I can't looking, wait. yeah, it's definitely looking, um, it's looking like it's going to be pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he didn't say it in this uh, latest Rebels Recon, but they have, or Dave has said it in the past too, where they're going to bring in a character, I know, not a new character, but a character that we're familiar with in like in the later half of the season too, that mm. like, I can't even say it's just going to like change everything. I'm still curious, like who's that character going to be? I mean, you could start thinking of classic character. Like, is mm. it going to be Leia or this Obi-Wan having more of a role in the episode instead yeah. of this being the message or, I see. I'm just going crazy speculation here. Where what if something takes the rebels crew to, or maybe just Ahsoka, Ezra, and Kanan takes them to Tatooine? They yeah. meet Obi Wan. They get a look at Luke. Maybe not interact with him, but they know he's there. And that yeah. kind of leads to the whole thing where Ahsoka has to encounter Vader. Or is it, it all ties in together on that front where we got Luke, Vader, Obi Wan, Ahsoka, <laughs> Ezra, and Kanan all like in the same story thread? I mean, that would be for me anyway, like the ultimate payoff for this yeah. season. Yeah. So we'll see what the possibilities there and I'm excited for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and we've also like, we know like we've got champs and doula coming, uh, who is a clone wars character. <clears throat> um, we have, uh, the Mandalorians returning. Um, it could be Bo-Katan might show up again. Um, that might be one of the connections, Yeah, a, a familiar character. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it I mean, <clears throat> The, the show hasn't disappointed thus far, so so I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. I know the second half of season two will be good. Um, I'm just really excited to see that showdown, that confrontation between Ahsoka and Vader. That's sort of everything builds to that, right? Yeah, so, oh, man. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, uh, that that does it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can check out all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim does a great job of, of keeping you guys up to date. Uh, okay. So we thank you for that, Tim. You're actually on the episode. I say this every week. Um, but, uh, but you're here this week, so we, we, I can personally say thank you for keeping everybody up to date, even <laughs> though there's not that much Star Wars Rebels news to post yeah, lately. I was, I was going to say, like, it's mainly right now, like, Rebels recons and episode clips yeah. and stuff, but whenever yeah. there is news, I'll get it on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, and we appreciate that. Uh, of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, as well as on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can follow me on Twitter at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Tim. You are, uh, uh, let me see if I remember it. Is it, is it Tim G 311 Is that? You got it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tim G 311 Three one one. I I for at first I had no idea what three one one is, but then I I because I don't listen to three eleven. But you're a huge three eleven fan, yeah. right? That's like uh, is that is that are you a bigger three eleven fan than Star Wars or? No, I love music, but there's nothing that comes close to Star Wars. Okay. Star Wars is always okay. going to be the top. Yeah. I just had to double check. I just had to double check. But you are a huge 311 yes. fan, right? <laughs> yeah. um, That's the thing. With, like, 311, like, you never find anybody who just kind of, like, they they kind of like 311. You're either, like, a hardcore 311 fan or you don't listen to any of their music yeah it's either that or like you never heard of them type yeah of thing. <laughs> exactly exactly i uh, awesome cool well uh, of course you can also find tim over at star wars the saga continues star wars tsc.com uh and on facebook.com slash star wars star wars tsc right on Facebook, it's actually Star Wars: The Saga Continues. Oh, is it Star Wars: The Saga yeah. Continues? Okay, um, and Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, which is of course a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, head to thunderquack.com to check out all of our other awesome podcasts. Uh, we got we got Talking Time Lords, which is Doctor Who. We've got Quiver the Green Arrow podcast, which is obviously about Green Arrow. It's right there in the title. Uh, the Double X Files needs no explanation um, and is one of my favorite podcasts that I have nothing to do with. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and you know, other, other great stuff. Um, and, uh, and, and of course, we, we appreciate everybody's support over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. We got a lot of new supporters. I'm going to go ahead and assume because of the contest, because of the holiday giveaway, I... With that in mind, I announced it uh, on the latest episode of of Quiver, which uh, which you can download now if you're an Arrow fan. But I uh, I'll let everybody know right here. I I the holiday giveaway was a bit of an experiment. Wanted to see how much uh, you guys cared uh, about that sort of thing. So we are going to continue doing giveaways. We'll be doing quarterly giveaways for our Patreon supporters. Um, and all you have to do is just be a supporter at a dollar or more. Um, so right now, if you get in there, uh, if you're listening to this before the, uh, the 18th at 6 PM, uh, you still have a chance to get in, support us at a dollar and, uh, and you will be entered into, into the giveaway. Uh, uh, as we mentioned, the, the $25 Amazon gift card, the, 
digital copy of Jurassic Park, the bundle of Star Wars, a Marvel Star Wars digital comics, and that fourth secret uh, prize that we'll announce during the live Thunderquack roundtable on Friday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, where we'll talk the Force Awakens spoilers. I, I, so you'll already you'll be entered into all of that. If you don't win this giveaway, we'll be doing another one in probably about three months, and uh, and that'll go to all of our supporters. I, I, one of our supporters, I should say. Um, but uh, all you have to do is be entered. Uh, or, or sorry, is be be pledging your support there, and you'll be entered to win. I, I, one of those prizes, uh, whatever that prize ends up being. And we'll, we'll figure that out a little bit closer to, to, uh, the giveaway date. But just so everybody knows, um, if you don't win this time around, there will be more opportunities in the future, uh, to win, uh, some prizes. So, uh, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we will catch you in 2016. Everybody enjoy the force awakens. Uh, we are excited. You are excited. I'm sure that you'll want to head to, uh, to star Wars, TSC.com soon after the release of the force awakens to hear what Tim and Kyle have to say about it. Um, and, uh, and you'll be able to hear what Matt and I, think about it uh for sure on the on the spoiler cast roundtable so even if you haven't seen it yet that'll be up on youtube forever and you can you can check that out there um and maybe we'll even release it on the rebels feed as an mp3 so that everybody can listen but uh there will be us uh tim you gonna join us for that oh sure yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's an open spot for it i'll be glad to talk the fourth league. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm okay. So you'll be there. Uh, I th- I think Kyle wants to be there as well, um, and uh, and we'll probably get a couple other people uh, jumping in and out from time to time on that spoiler cast to talk the Force Awakens. But uh, it's here. It's time. So uh, uh, that's crazy. Next podcast we're going to be doing, we'll have seen a new Star Wars movie. It's still yeah. kind of strange to come for yeah. that. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But everybody have a great holiday and uh, and and uh, and a great new year, and we will see you in 2016. Thanks for listening.